0: Bye-bye. To episode seven of Not So Famous, the variety show podcast that brings you laughs, love, and that that nagging feeling that you are never going to amount to anything, no matter your age. And even after you see those stupid posts on Facebook that say Oprah was like washing dishes at twenty three, and Tina Fey she quit her job or whatever, you don't really believe it. And so, so what if Tina Fey quit her job at twenty three? I can't quit my job and become Tina Fey. So who the fuck am I kidding? <clears throat> Sorry. It- uh, you're if there. you're yeah I, I, it just <laughs> it always hits me you know um If you're new to the show, welcome. We're happy to have you. Before we get started, I I just want to thank you all for making this show possible by lending your time and your ears and remind you that this show is for you. It's a long show, but it's not necessarily made to be listened to all at once, so feel free to jump around so you can listen to the segments that you love and skip the ones that you don't. Now, without further ado, let's jump into our crisis of the week with Marcus here on episode 7 of Not So Famous. Marcus, what you got for me this week? So but so
1: I was on Facebook um mm-hmm. you know as as one does uh <laughs> trying to escape from the craziness of the week and I got special permission from my friend uh Mr. Jonesy Stark uh old college buddy he posts uh occasionally he'll post something really profound online about just you know just about mental health mm-hmm. um uh, because he himself is trying to get better about um, advocating for himself as far as his own mental health. Sure. Um, so I love, I love seeing his quotes. I love seeing what he's going to post. And, um, the one thing that he said this week was, uh, stop triggering yourself, protect mm. your energy. Mm. You don't have to engage in every conversation. You don't have to participate in every fight you're invited to. Uh-huh. Sometimes self care takes the form of silence and shutting out the stimuli. And this is something Mitchell, right? Right? Um this is something Mitchell that I I kind of live by. Um as far as I I'm not I'm not the type of person that is going to immediately get in your face. Um you know, just because I'm like you know what there's no point. Um either we're going to get into an argument and nothing is going to get solved. Um, or regardless of whatever I say, you're going to still feel like you're right. So, you mm. know what? I'm not going to fight you. Let's just do it, get it done with so that I can be by myself. Mm. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just, uh, I just wish that more people would, and, 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 to, and you know, to be fair, that's not, something that you should always live by 100 percent of course Um, sometimes you do have to to speak up and and advocate for yourself but at the same time not every fight needs to be fought yeah um you know and especially like you know i know a couple of our teacher friends i know that they're listening um you know teachers especially know that where um not every battle with a student um needs to come down to a big showdown. Right. Like you know, a, a demonstration of strength, necessarily. Right. Um, a lot of times, you know, I, I've, you know, as, as I get more experience, a lot of times what I do is I just take a step back and I'm like, you dig your own grave, essentially. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I know that I'm right. Um, but you are going to just end up sabotaging yourself. I will still be there for you. Um, but you're going to eventually sabotage yourself.
0: Yeah, um, like, like put your hand out, hold their head, and have them spin their wheels until they tire out, you know? Mm-hmm. like <laughs> exactly, exactly, you know, um, exactly. I mean, what you're talking about is also just like picking your battles, essentially, mm-hmm. like that age-old, you know, adage of saying what what really needs to be fought, what, what doesn't, what's worth your energy, and what's not. And also, like, it, a wise man once said nothing at all, I think is like the core of that, being mm-hmm. able to say, like, this is not worth my time, and it's not worth my energy, and I-, I can see three steps down the line, and this is not going to have, like you were saying, the outcome that I necessarily want it to, or mm-hmm. or, or see that it needs to have. So let's yeah. just wait until a time when when it will have that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's great.
1: Yeah. So audience, I mean, definitely take, uh, hopefully you are listening to this uh, on your morning commute. Uh, or whenever you're listening to this, I challenge you. I'm all about challenges this year. I mm-hmm. challenge you. Uh, take this, take this idea of to not trigger yourself, uh, to not fight every battle. Instead of going online uh, and talking about uh, and you know bad mouthing somebody or whatever, um, take a step back, breathe, realize that your mental health is much more important than this battle that is going to be over and forgotten
0: in like a week. <laughs> that is so true, you know what I saw just to add to that, I saw something yeah. on on you know my daily scroll too. I think it was Instagram, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. it was like for perspective, just in your life daily, if you are about to enter something or even if you're you're anxious about something, yeah um, just ask yourself, is this gonna matter in a week? Is mm. it gonna matter to me in a month? Is it going to matter to me in a year? Mm -hmm. five years 10 years right that adds so much perspective and you might say yeah it 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 does matter to me at the end of the week okay great Mm -hmm. but then keep going does it matter to you at the end of the month right oh wait no it it won't i'll have forgotten about it okay Mm -hmm. then like you're you're doing everything you can so just release some of that that built up feeling you know um, and I think that works for what you're saying too. Like these these fights that you don't necessarily need to fight. Is it going right. to matter to me at the end of the week? No. It's just going to be for when I talk to you know my partner or my best friend tonight. I'm going to mm-hmm. complain about it. Okay. Hey. Well, maybe you don't need to. Maybe you don't even need to put as much energy as you are right now. And I, I think that's a great thing to remember. So, thank you for bringing that up, Marcus.
1: Hey, thank thank you, Jonesy, for uh, for posting that man and hopefully you are continuing uh to you know advocate for yourself and to spread that uh for everybody else
0: yeah yeah we can always find a a better a better um you know center uh, Mm -hmm. of our our minds and bodies so i think that's always worth remembering yeah um Marcus, well, let's jump in right into our next segment. What's the word? What's going on with you? I know you've had a busy week. Let's let's unwind a little. Let's unpack what Ooh, you're excited yes. about in the entertainment industry. What's uh? How's Kingdom Hearts? What's going on,
1: bro? So Kingdom Hearts is just like a stroll down memory lane right now. Um, <laughs> all everyone it seems has beaten Kingdom Hearts three, um, which makes me believe that either people are playing the hell out of it. Um, or it's not that long of a game. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm actually kind of glad that I got Kingdom Hearts the story so far if it's not that long of a game. Um, mm-hmm. To extend so- your experience. Right, you know. Um, so here's what I have learned. Spark Notes, um, because I know not, not everybody um, that listens to podcasts plays video games, but hopefully you guys will check out this game because, um, well, number one, we've been talking about it before. Um, so you know it's it must be a great game. Um, but two, the story is again still very interesting. Um Kingdom Hearts 1, uh, in the old days, and the the good old days of the PS two <laughs> uh, when you got to the last level of Kingdom Hearts, uh, the last boss fight. The last boss fight is in like four stages and you don't get to save or like really heal up. Um you kinda have to like you go into it with everything you need and just hope that you have enough skills um, and HP uh, or health points for those of you who who don't speak nerd um, <laughs>
0: so many people are like HP um, you just head into it and you pray really hard and you right. hope that you succeed <laughs> um, but that
1: is about it yeah. Um, because in the old days, you you couldn't uh, uh, sa- you, you couldn't save. If you lost any of the four rounds, um, then they the game would just like start you over from the beginning of the boss fight. <laughs> uh, yeah, which is a horrible that's a horrible horrible marketing point um, for this epic game where this uh you know you finally get to the bad guy and um your boss fight is not only 4 levels long i think it's more actually um but 4 levels long and you uh if you lose we start you from the beginning have fun yeah have <laughs> hey it's a game it's a good game um but they they modified it for the the re-release uh where so if you die which when i first died i Mitchell i was so angry i threw my controller down um,
0: I was gonna say, I think actually, Kingdom Hearts was the beginning of like the rage quit. Like, I think that we can trace oh, the I source <laughs> of the rage quit back to Kingdom Hearts originally on the PS2. That's where it began. I, I definitely, I know it. I know
1: that's where I first started rage quitting. Um, and I threw it down, and then the game started up again from like the from like the same spot, like before the boss fight. Um, not, not at the beginning of the boss fight, but like, I was like on stage two or something. Nice. So I was like, I can dig this so much. And I just, and it, and it restored all my health.
0: Nice. Okay. So it
1: actually gave you a better fighting chance. We love that. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Exactly. Um, so that was cool. Uh, I did play Chain of Memories, um, which was the Game Boy Advance game. It was, um, as horrible as I thought it was, <laughs> um, I never beat I never beat it on Game Boy Advance because it's a chain dumb of game. tragedies. Oh, dude, <laughs> who takes a game right? An audience, and uh, let me put it in respect for you. So, the first Kingdom Hearts, you basically press the X button. You might press a couple other buttons, but like if you want to fight, you gotta press the X button. In Chain of Memories, they changed it to like a card game. So, you have to like do combos <laughs> with the cards, but like sometimes, but like you have to like also build your deck like you're playing Magic the Gathering. Um, and <laughs> you're you dude, I spent two hours one day just building a deck to beat one boss that they were like, yeah, you're not gonna be able to use this combination for all the other bosses, but for now, this should be this guy
0: pointless right exactly Absolutely I was
1: pointless like, dude, and so i you know I, I played the game and it was it was okay uh then there I, there was a, another game that came out it's called three hundred fifty eight days over two, which is a very complicated convoluted title um
0: which and was that was basically... also a card game because that's what people are screaming for recently. They just want <laughs> card games. Like they just want. They're like, make Red Dead Redemption Two a, a live action card game. What the fuck is a... <laughs> I cannot believe that. I'm still not over it. I'm sorry, dude. It like, was. I, I want to play Modern Warfare as a, a card game, strategy based <laughs> live action. What the
1: fuck? Right, right. It would be better. Like if it was if it was turn based. Like you know, like the opponent gets to go. I get to go. Opponent gets to go. Like a real strategy game Mm -hmm. i feel like i wouldn't have been angry i feel like i would have maybe liked that for like a change Mm -hmm. um but it says something that we got to kingdom hearts 3 and they've never done the card based thing ever again (laughs) sense chain of memories they're like this was a dumb idea
0: (laughs) i wonder when it was released in this like grand scheme of everything like uh we have to look that up but like the Mm. the, when it was released because they might have been like competing with like magic and pokemon and like digimon cards or something you know and being like oh people love this like they're playing it in high schools and middle schools everywhere like we should create our own cards and like people would love them people would buy disney cards right and everyone was like We fucking hate this game, and they were like, "Okay, we're just gonna silently disappear into the night." Sorry. Um, Actually, I think it was around Yu-Gi-Oh. Okay, popular then. Yeah, so that makes sense. See that 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 lines up. That at least like plays out in my mind. But Mm -hmm. I'm glad they learned their lesson. Jeez. Right. So uh, I
1: played. So then there's another game that's a movie. Um, it's two hours. Basically, it just explains why. The side character, not the main character in Kingdom Hearts 2, why he has two keyblades instead of one keyblade. And <laughs> I was like, I I seriously wikied this, and I thought that I was going to get more information to get me ready for Kingdom Hearts 3. Mm-hmm. And they were like, yeah, just know that 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 that's the only thing that you need to know like here's why he has a second keyblade it belongs to somebody sorry spoilers it belongs to somebody Spoiler. who dies in this particular in this one game this one spin-off game and i was like oh, oh useful useful <laughs> right you know so now i'm on kingdom hearts 2 uh which i was playing before we uh before we started recording and um i'm having a blast i really am i'm i'm enjoying myself uh cannot wait to start kingdom hearts 3 i have like i think five more games to play before i get to it but i'm taking my time i'm enjoying good. myself
0: yeah good yeah. i mean in enjoying yourself taking your time those are all good things i think you know that's the key of uh of having a good video game experience mm-hmm. is getting to savor it um you do get to like kind of you know, in some games, pick your own adventure and and stroll down memory lane, as it were, with with Kingdom Hearts. So I think it's yeah. good that you are spacing it out and enjoying yourself. Um, yeah. I heard uh, something else is going to be spaced out that we've talked about a bunch. I I just think it bears mentioning um, sure. when the Super Bowl aired last week. Um, there was like that little End Game clip, the Avengers End Game clip with um, with Cap being like. You know so, some people move on but but not us, not us, mm-hmm. and like that's the, the single tier almost mm-hmm. um i I heard some speculation that that movie is is estimated to be upwards of three hours long, and Marvel Studios is considering like an intermission like a five minute intermission for you to run to the bathroom um <laughs> Which I mean, I'm excited about. I don't know how you yeah. feel about it, but I think that it's it's the culmination of over ten years of storytelling. Right. Um, which even if you're not, you know, following the Marvel movies, I think um, it, it's it's worth mentioning in the fact that they're they're giving you know leeway where we where we need some leeway, right? Like mm-hmm, saying mm-hmm. this is where we need to take our time. Um, mm-hmm to to draw to a close all of these storylines story that they have created and invented and and crossed over in so many ways so right. i mean i'm excited about it I, I think it could be good do you think you think people will sit through it
1: um i saw a great counter argument um from from one of my uh uh you know nerd many nerd facebook groups uh, mm-hmm. somebody said they were like uh people sat through 3 hours of titanic and we knew the ending
2: true, true. You know, very like, true we knew
1: what was going to happen we sat through 3 <laughs> hours of lord of the rings and yeah. we were, and we were fine um i and i and i've been like a big proponent of that where i don't understand where this where we got into this uh, mindset as a society as a movie going society that oh man if it's over 2 hours who that's a long movie it's like dude i used to love hearing that um, a movie was going to be three hours, because that's, that's so much story that you can do. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think, the, I think the one thing that people are, are, are missing or maybe not thinking about is, if you're putting an intermission in this, to me that says one thing. You have so much going on in your movie, you as the director are like, I don't want you to miss a thing. Go to the
0: bathroom, come back, and finish this. Mm-hmm.
1: You know, and, so it makes me even more excited. Even,
0: yeah, and I think what you're you're on to something with like we've sat through three hour movies before, mm-hmm. and sometimes they are the most critically acclaimed. Yeah, um, you know, like there are there are like four and a half hour editions of Lord of the Rings that I will watch yep. only because <laughs> they are incredible, and I'm a nerd and I I love them. But the theatrical <laughs> editions are. Are three hours, And mm-hmm. they were up for crazy amounts of, of Oscars and things like that. And yeah. I, I think it just really, you know, means that I remember like in November or maybe October, they were like, this movie, we have like three, a little over three hours of content, but we're still in editing. So it could be shorter. And it's like now we're in February and they're still saying it's three hours. That means mm-hmm. that they've spent months trying to edit and cut it down and they can't cut anything out. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. that's that's pretty exciting. Yeah. Um, along with, you know, some other Marvel news and, and superhero news, um, Kevin Fahey is, is set to lead the foray into the X-Men and kind of create that universe I saw, mm-hmm. um, which is really exciting. I think that we could get a, a potential, um, you know, Marvel 10-year plan essentially into the X-Men universe, which would be awesome. Like, yeah. I would not mind if we took a break from a bunch of the big characters that we've been seeing and see, you know, five years of of X-Men movies. I would love that. Mm -hmm. Um, I
1: I completely agree. I think that um, getting getting the X-Men, you open the door to tell so many more stories, um, mm -hmm. to introduce so many more characters. And, well, not introduce, but to reintroduce them um, and create... Just in, just enrich the, the MCU, because mm-hmm. um, I feel like not having mutants um, or not having the ability to say mutants is kind of like Marvel fighting with only one arm. Mm. You're missing out on a lot of big storylines that would involve the mutants, and you can't use them.
0: Yeah and it's especially in our uh world of like social justice and diversity mm. and the me too movement I think the mutants are such a huge part of that I mean that's why in some part, I think that they were invented to champion some of those uh, social justice fights of, like, no matter what background we come or how we are born, we all share a, a certain sense of our humanity. Mm-hmm. And I think the world could could need some good storytelling uh, of that specific brand of story right yeah. about now, um, which I'm really excited about. Um,
2: yeah. Oh, yeah.
0: Speaking of... Uh, uh, we are just moving right along. I'm. Uh, there's so much to talk about. There's so much that's being released. So much that's happened. Yeah. Um, speaking of you know like diversity and things like that, with uh, staying right along with Captain Marvel, which I am just I'm so excited to see Brie Larson kick some some scrawl ass. Mm-hmm. Um. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. It is set to. Did you see this? It's set to be the first Disney Plus only streaming uh, movie following its release so like it's not going to come to netflix all of that is going straight to disney Mm plus how do you how do you feel about that i'm i i just there's so many streaming services
1: there are but you know what's going to end up happening is we eventually are going to have to pick and choose we're not going to be able to do all the streaming services um and they all offer, like, such great stuff, you know? I mean, mm-hmm. um, I, I post in the uh, the Popcorn Prado Facebook group. I was just like, hey, like, I'm probably going to get uh, Amazon Prime because The Boys is coming out. Oh, um, I did and, see you post that, yeah. Yeah, the trailer looks amazing. It um, looks so good. But you know, it's like, do I drop Hulu or do I drop Netflix? Um, I know I probably want Disney Plus. You're talking you talked last episode about uh, the DC streaming service Mm -hmm. and how you know how you've like actually really enjoyed it. Um, Mm -hmm. I want to check it out because there's a lot of content, especially with the DC cartoons that I have not gotten a chance to see yet. Mm -hmm. Um, But I and I know I want Disney. Like I said, I know I want Disney Mm Plus. Um, but I think this is a smart move on Disney's part. I think that the only thing, the only thing that they need now is, uh, which I'm guessing is coming after Endgame, we need more information on their original content. It's it can't just be. Um, you know, like, we're going to put our, our Disney vault on there. We're going to put the all the Star Wars movies. We're going to put uh, all the Marvel movies. It's like, no, no, no. We need to know original content because that is what I feel like Netflix and Amazon Prime, I feel like that's what edges people out is their original, you know, Oscar winning um, or Oscar nominated original movies.
0: Yeah, I think you're right. And I mean, I think it is a smart move, even if only um, from like a business standpoint. I yeah. mean, they they need to just because there are so many streaming services. I think it's about time. But mm. I, I think you're right. And I think that we can look forward to some of that. I mean, following the cancellation of some of these series um, on Netflix specifically, those like the Daredevil season three was arguably the best in, in the entire line, like oh, I would absolutely. say. I've enjoyed it the most out of all of them. And it, it felt truly like the culmination, like we've been talking uh, about, of really good storytelling over a really long amount of time. Um, mm. But those are have been continuous, you know, great sellers for the Netflix platform. Right. Um, and same, you know, with a lot of the Disney movies. Like, I actually might see myself dropping Netflix and going to Disney Plus because the cool thing about Netflix is that, like, you know, we've we've seen, uh, you know, Solo come to Netflix. We've seen right. Black Panther come to Netflix. We've seen, oh, that's where I'm going to get to watch the new season of Punisher. If that all moves to Disney Plus, mm-hmm. that's where my money's going. Right. Um, I also think it will be important to find, you know, like, the deal. I'm sure that there will be something, depending on the release date of... Mm-hmm. You know, like a, uh, some sort of holiday deal. That's what happened with DC. Like they, mm-hmm. they got steady users, but then they started to drop off. And so they were like, it's the holidays. It's three ninety nine a month for three months. And I was like, okay, now it's worth it. Right. Like four bucks. Right. That's a Starbucks coffee. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, I, I, think that there will be something like that and they will certainly be competitive. It's not like Disney is, you know, struggling for money to get by. Right. Um, <laughs> So hopefully it will be reasonably priced and I I honestly it is my prediction that Netflix will see a serious drop off especially because they just announced a price increase. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's like 13.99 now or something a month. Um mm-hmm. If Disney Plus comes out and it's like 7.99 I'm going to be like done switched. Right, of course, snatched. <laughs> you know, this
1: kind of reminds me of the uh the Monday Night Wars. Um, that w that wwe and wcw went through um where just to compete with each other they were doing crazy things on both of their shows um so really for us the consumer this is kind of like oh this i feel like we're going we have the potential to see such a boom when it comes to netflix like what are they gonna do to compete? what is disney plus what is d c what is Amazon what is hulu gonna do um I mean I we are gonna have to choose, but in the meantime of choosing um we're gonna get some kick ass content
0: yeah <laughs> i mean, I'm hoping yeah, competition is the you know heart of American business mm-hmm. um And I think that it it works for the consumer in this sense. Like there Mm. is so much content and you can talk to your friend who has the DC service and be like, what's on there worth watching? Or I think this will also lead to a great sense of community in that, like, Marcus, come over and I'm going to Google cast it, like the the DC streaming service onto the TV so that we can watch the cartoon that you haven't seen yet. And I'm going to come over and we'll watch Disney Plus on your TV. Like... That that kind of community, I think, is what this content is all about, and really reminds me of like that argument of like people aren't going to the theater anymore. Yeah, because like there's not necessarily original content that's coming to the theater as frequently as it is coming to the small screen. Ooh. So I'm excited for the watch parties and all sorts of things like that. Um, I think it's going to be a good time for for the small screen. I'm excited. Oh yeah, most um, definitely. And speaking of community, didn't you just record for um, our our third podcast in in Shenanigans Incorporated Role Initiative recently? Yes, I did. How um, was
1: it, dude? It was it was so much fun. I, I've gotten a chance to play D anD D before um, way back when in college, uh, and then I was on a, um, I was on a a podcast called Escape. This podcast, which is like an escape room type D anD D esque. Uh, podcast it's very fun um cool but yeah but role initiative i feel that is that is the one that is definitely getting me hooked into the d d train like i'm finally buying into the hype um mainly because number one uh sam Fulton who is the host slash dungeon master um not only a good friend of mine uh but is also very patient um, on the show as far as explaining everything mm-hmm. you know he doesn't over explain it but he just he has a way of being like okay like hey if you're doing this you should do this or hey you have the ability to do this uh in this particular game It's you don't you're not limited like you would in like a video game where there's code that says you can't go on that mountain it's like no 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 you can go on that mountain if you want to but you just got to accept the consequences of doing so mm-hmm um, and roll initiative that first, uh, the first session. Cause I was actually on the first episode, um, of building my character. And so we started our first session. Um, and it is, it was so much fun. Um, I had like a little app for my dice. Um, which, uh, <laughs> was like, I kept getting ones, which for those of you who don't know, cause I didn't know this. If, if a one is, like, horrible. Like, it's rare. It's like rolling a 20. Um, it's very rare. Um, and it's probably the worst roll you can possibly make. And I think I did it, like, over and over and over again.
0: Mm-hmm. Damn. Um,
1: yeah. But I managed, I, I did manage uh, to help out my party. Um, my character is this large, like, demon demon character who his backstory is uh he um uh, uh he killed his family um <laughs> but like he doesn't know why he did it and he doesn't remember doing it um uh, so he's on a quest to find out like why what happened to his family and so he because he knows that he was the one who did kill them mm-hmm. He he's had his um his his wrists are shackled together so he can only fight with his feet oh yeah. So did, he's like,
0: he's like did, this demon monk character who does Kung Fu. Did Sam give you this backstory? Like, did he write this out? Or did no, you do I, it together? Or did you write it? Or
1: I, I based it off of a character from another video game called Tales of
0: Symphonia, um, And okay. so he helped me flesh it out. It sounded a little familiar. It also sounded yeah. a little like God of war like being tricked into killing your family. And yeah. Like, I so I was like, "Wait, this is really interesting. That's mm-hmm. super cool." And yeah. I don't know if our listeners know a bunch about D&D, but it's kind of like um a a community board game that's been around for forever, but it's not really mm-hmm. a board game. You kind of just like pick where you're going and and someone leads you through a like choose your own adventure path depending on what you roll and what mm-hmm. your um, you know, like assigned powers or abilities uh are there are going to be certain people like you know maybe marcus your character is more bent on um like fighting or i don't know what abilities you have but there's going to be someone else that is going to be less fighting uh you know tracked and more like healing based for the party or or something like that um Mm -hmm. those are really interesting campaigns what what happened what was the like adventure the the adventure so, that you guys chose to go on so it's going to be a
1: continuous uh adventure so we are just getting started whoa um, yeah um he's got like this whole world like built up like he knows like several episodes down the line like what's going to happen he's like you guys aren't going to get to the main quest for like a very long time um, i love that which is yeah and, it, and it's nice because you know if you're if you you know like you said like a lot of people that are listening might not know what D is um he he! May, he's making this so that way anybody can listen to it, and if you're a newbie or if you're experienced, you can listen to it and be like, "Oh, okay, I get it." Like proceed, um, almost like an audio drama.
0: I was gonna say, it seems like uh, you know, a listening to a story in real time. Yeah, yeah, listening um, to like a book that unfolds with people actually playing. You know,
1: exactly, exactly, exactly. Um, but he um but this uh in this first session we are on a quest to we are in like a cave mhm and cuz i don't want to spoil the the first episode um but we um or sorry the the first session but we're on a quest to go into a cave and we are looking for uh, ne- uh this necromancer's treasure the necromancer is dead uh and of our course. party of th- yeah as as necromancers <laughs> do typical um, <laughs> and our party of three um me and two other guys we are going to uh to loot this cave and hopefully we do not die <laughs> although you although because i mentioned that i i roll a lot of ones you can only imagine uh the shit storm that we get into <laughs> in bum, the bum, <laughs> bum.
0: uh Dear God. But see, that's so interesting because, like, you could have breezed right through that cave if you had been rolling, you know, 16s, 20s. But, oh, yeah. But you didn't. So it kind of led you on a different journey. And that's going to change week to week as as party new party members are introduced and such like that. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. Fuck, I got to get working on my
1: character. I know. I know. We, I, I told Sam about you. I, he, was like, he was like, yes, please, let Mitchell come on the show. Um, So you are you are getting a formal invitation Um, and if you, if you listeners would like to listen to Roll Initiative, because again, they are just starting out. Um, so they're just like starting to get some traction, um, but definitely help them out. Much like you've done with Not So Famous, much like you've done with Popcorn Prattle, um, every, every subscribe, every like, every rating, um definitely helps out and makes people realize that Roll Initiative is definitely a podcast that you want to listen to. It comes on uh weekly, so on those weeks when you are listening to Popcorn Prattle, you can listen to Roll Initiative. Those weeks where you're listening to Not So Famous, guess what? Right after Not So Famous, check out Roll Initiative. Um mm-hmm. and matter of fact, the first session, sorry, shameless plug. The first session of Roll Initiative is uh this Sunday. Uh, for our um, after our butter bowl on popcorn prattle so Mm. you get a little movie news and then you get to have that first session where i make an ass out of myself and roll ones
0: Hey, but that's great, and I mean, don't don't be sorry for the shameless plug, I think it is, you know, we're on episode seven here at Not So Famous, yeah. you guys are booking along in Popcorn Prattle, keeping that steady, steady, you know, back catalog of episodes, Roll yeah. initiative, we're just getting started, I just want to take a second to say thank you to our listeners if you've, if you've made it this far and you haven't skipped past us because you mm-hmm. hate all of our segments. Um, <laughs> they hate everything. They're like, uh, yeah, Mitchell, I always listen to your intro and then I skip to the end because <laughs> it's just really nice to hear you say goodbye. Um, we love you too, listeners. Um, right, <laughs> but but truly, I mean, thank you so much for all of the support that you've mm-hmm. been giving to us and and throwing into you know all the various Facebook uh, you know pages and groups and all of that stuff. Every every like, every comment, just brings joy to my heart. Of. You know, the establishing community, establishing the artist's way. Um, yeah. When I see, you know, Marcus post something or one of our other producers post something that gets a bunch of likes, I'm like, oh, this just, this is making other, other people's days and it's making my day because of that. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and we can always, you know, help out and hit that subscribe button, give us a review, tell us what you want, tell us what you don't want um and along those lines you know if you're listening to this and you're suddenly thinking about like what would my D D character would be you know for role initiative i wonder what i would play as um hit me up in the comments post on you know this episode send oh, me yeah. a, a message and say mitchell i think you should be this kind of character or, i think that you would be <laughs> and i'll i'll roll it into my uh initiative for my new character see hey there. i see what he did there hey they're like god this is why we skip i hate the puns all right i'm done with the puns Um, oh i had a
1: i had a bad one on popcorn prattle for not so famous (laughs) i don't know what i i can't remember what i said exactly but i was like not so i'm like it's like you know we're like famous but not that much not so famous <laughs> coming up this week and lindley was like dear god please stop that's pun. <laughs> just like bad wordplay <laughs> marcus and i, was I like, love you You're i was like trying. i know mitchell's listening and he's probably like oh god please
0: stop please i just remember like taking <laughs> off my glasses slowly and i was like Ugh. i mean at least he's going for it right like at least he's trying in some sort of sense um i committed you and that's that's all we can really ask. Hey. Um well that's great. I'm so excited to to listen to Roll Initiative and hopefully we're going to have a great, you know, kind of host of things on you know Shenanigans Incorporated. We'll be able to hit all of our points. We're we're really spreading out. We got movie news, we got not so famous, we got this D&D specialty show. I'm I'm pumped. Yeah. Right? Um you It's know,
1: gonna be, it's gonna be good. I'm gonna be on the search for some more podcasts, but we're we're clipping along. We
0: got, you know, you on the audio drama of Continuum Force, which I've been listening to um was it episode three that just came out? Yeah, episode three just came out. It's yeah. it's getting really, really good. Um, it, if you guys haven't checked Marcus out on Continuum Force, and you are interested in space and sci-fi and, and audio drama, maybe you don't like you know one of our news-based shows a little bit, but you you really love you know storytelling. Jump into that show because it's a lot of fun, and those those episodes are pretty short. They're they're pretty quick for yeah, your morning commute. Yeah, um,
1: yeah they it's because episode three for me when I was recording it um that's when it really started to clip along because episode one and two they're good but they're a lot of it's a lot of setup mm-hmm. um but then once you get to episode three and like the like the crux of the of the story starts to happen mm-hmm. um then you're like oh snap like shit's about to get real in this <laughs> audio drama yeah it it drops it does so mm-hmm
0: make sure to check it out you can subscribe to all our things now that we've we've taken the time to list them out you can yes. go and and search for roll initiative uh yeah. coming up this this week um you know speaking of going for it you know who else went for it this past week oh god i'm sorry i <laughs> i'm sorry in advance i just have to i ha- you know i have to present the facts of course um Let's step into our moment in the safe space. I'm going to shake it off for a second before I jump in. Okay. All right. I think I'm ready. Um, All right. You so, President. I- <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Um, President Trump. God, it just still feels weird saying it. Um. It doesn't feel real, does it? No, we're three years into it. Did I tell you, like, the other the, three Has years? Has it been three years? Dude, we're coming up on three years. Yeah. <laughs>
1: um, I still remember a student told me one time. I'm sorry. I remember a student told me one time. They were like, Sally, it's only been a year. I said, a year? No, it hasn't. They were like, yeah, it's, oh, he's only been in office for a Like, not even a year. I said, you have got to be kidding me it feels like so much longer
0: dude i've got okay so a couple weeks ago i was talking to someone and they were you know talking about something that he had just recently done i think it might have actually been one of the topics of our our, um you know segment today um it, it was like he was like oh he just did this and blah 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 and i was like i can't believe we have to deal with the possibility of him becoming our president and they were like what He's been our president for years, and I was like, I know. I I was like in the twilight zone for a second, where like shit wasn't actually so bad. Like I, I have the Republicans have stopped listening by now. Right, My Dad is like, I fucking hate that he does this every episode. Um, they're like, get back to the D and D talk. The D and D, I listen for the D. Yeah. Okay. Um. Well. Anyway, um, yeah. it's just like I, I apparently live in like a fantasy land. I'm, I'm, you know, like reminiscing back to when we were like campaigning for Hillary. Um, anyway. President Trump, he says to the side, um, appeared in front of a joint session of Congress um, for the uh, uh, State of the Union uh, last week and focused on the economy, foreign policy, and of course his personal favorite immig- uh, immigration. Um, I think the the real key things. I don't want to spend too much time on this because we could sure. we could jump into it for you know ages, or at least I could. Um, From over 20 claims by the president on things like, um, this is a direct quote, our economy is by far the hottest economy in the world right now. And quote, unquote, if I had not been elected president of the United States, we would have right now, in my opinion, we would be in a major war with North Korea um, and a personal favorite of mine, quote, unquote, as we speak large organized caravans are on the march to the United States. I think that's the first time we've heard about a caravan since November.
1: Well, remember it was forming. It was like a hurricane. Right, it, it was, was
0: forming. <laughs> 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 it was like a Well, remember it was it was forming. Um <laughs> as we speak large yeah, organized caravans. What the fuck? I'm, I'm not in the mood for it today. I'm not very fact-based. I'm, I'm just haranguing him. Um, okay, so out of those 20 claims, right, about those, mm-hmm. those were, you know, three examples, only three of his 20 claims were confirmed to be true by yes. sources like the New York Times, CNN, MSNBC, Time. I even went and found a Fox News, you know, fact checker. And they were like, hmm, this might be like a little misleading. Um, Damn, even Fox said it was misleading. Seventeen, (laughs) seventeen 17 of the statements were confirmed to be uh, exaggerated, misleading, or flat out false. And if you doubt me, if you're like, Mitchell, it can't be that much, possibly. I, I challenge you just like Marcus has been challenging you. Um, they all have similar articles. If you just go onto Google and say state of the union fact check 2019, tons of different articles will pop up and you will be able to cross reference like I did and find like, okay, this element of this statement was true. There are caravans, you know, marching North. They are not marching to the United States. They are not organized. They are not that large considerably speaking and, and, Mm -hmm. you know, comparatively speaking, um so you can kind of deconstruct those comments i i just think in in the you know time of accountability um and the me too movement and and you know keeping on about diversity and and making sure that we are held accountable across gender and sexual orientation and and, and race we have to hold every single person across uh you know the political spectrum accountable um and, and and the president should be, you know, the first step in that. He is, you know, our, our most public leader. And it just, it still blows my mind after three years. You know, this is why I am regressing into a fucking fetal state where <laughs> President Trump isn't our president. Because mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It, it just still blows my mind that he is making shit up on such a large scale. Yeah. <sighs> Okay. But and
1: nobody and nobody uh well, I won't say nobody, but I feel like it's weird to me that his base, no matter what he does, they never turn away from him. And I just I don't understand like what what loyalty they have to him. Whether it's the peop whether it's the Republicans on Capitol Hill or if it's you know, or if it's if it's his grassroots base. I don't understand, like, what is the appeal? What is the loyalty? Um, because to me, he's not doing anything for anybody except for making it harder for the common man to get his paycheck and to feed their families. Yeah. That's the only thing that I'm saying.
0: Yeah. So No, truly. And I mean, I think at this point in my mind, I think it's just stubbornness, like good old American stubbornness um, mm. being like, well, I've supported him this far. Like, right <sighs> I mean, yeah. if you supported him through some of the shit that got him elected, that was found out during the campaign, you're mm-hmm. going to support him through this. When he says it's the hottest economy, they don't need to fact check. They're like, yeah, I trust him. Right? Despite the fact that the government was shut down for over four weeks. Mhm. It's it's not a, a factual thing. I think that we can always talk about that aspect in American politics. It is just about convincing the common man. It's about what you first hear. Mm. Um, and that's what he's always been good at. Um, yeah. Kind of skirting scandal and not giving a shit about what's said about him. Because he is, for some reason, we can only trust him on as the like reputable news source about himself which has never been true and never Mm. will be true. Um, Right. Speaking about things that are true and not true um, and other scandals, I know you said you wanted to talk about this. (laughs) We listeners, we signed on and and started talking about what we were going to talk about today and and record on this episode. And Marcus said, please, please tell me we are talking about the blackface (laughs) scandal (laughs) happening in Virginia right now. Um so Marcus, I mean I, I have a lot to say and a lot to right. to talk about, but please why don't you why don't you get us started here on the Virginia governor uh blackface scandal?
1: Okay, so here's here's the thing,
0: all right? <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm gonna
1: let I'm gonna let Mitchell I'm gonna let Mitchell give you like the, the cold hard facts. But I'm, let me give you like the poor man's rendition <laughs> of what I what I experienced throughout this. So the pole wish- blackface scandal. <laughs> Right.
0: Oh, Jesus Christ.
1: <laughs> I um uh, I woke up I wake up in the morning, um, feeling like P. Diddy. Uh, and I'm listening to my <laughs> I'm listening to my Amazon Echo and I hear I and I listen to like the Daily Show and my Flash Briefings, right? Mm-hmm. And Trevor Noah is is talking about this scandal and I'm like, Oh, okay. And so basically this is what I heard. Uh, The governor has a picture of him as, like, either he's in blackface or he's a KKK member. Either way, you lost. Things aren't looking (laughs) great. (laughs) Right. (laughs) You know, like, regardless of which picture you are, uh, you're basic. Um, And so we, and so I'm listening to it, and then like, okay, Uh, he apologized one day. And then not 24 hours later, he said, but neither picture is me. He was like,
2: it wasn't me.
1: I'm and like, are like, what, what? <laughs> <laughs> then what were you apologizing for? I was apologizing that you found the picture. So it is you? No, it's not me. It, which it feels a little Trumpy, right? Oh, oh, absolutely. We are in, as my mother says, we are in the age of Trump okay
0: <laughs> it's like a uh, uh, governor uh, ralph northam i'm looking at an article this is one of the ones that i have for today it says he has no recollection of appearing in a racist yearbook photo despite acknowledging on friday that he was one of the two people pictured in the fucking image the photo shows two individuals one dressed in blackface and another member uh, of the ku klux klan in 1984 eastern virginia medical school which i cannot believe first of all that like in 1984 they were like it's fine to print put it in put it in the yearbook i want to remember that forever right and then literally on uh saturday he said he was not the he was not aware the photo appeared uh it's clearly racist and offensive but i do not believe that i am either of the people in the photo Mm-hmm. What the fuck! It was just absolutely ridiculous. And then he came out and was like, "You know what? I was sorry. Uh I still am sorry. Uh, I have made uh, significant progress in how I approach these issues now as governor." Wh- what? 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 <laughs>
1: that was unplanned, folks.
0: <laughs> I was like, <laughs> I didn't even know that. <laughs> yeah, I'm just reading some of these quotes from him, and I'm like, I just cannot believe. Um, and you, oh, I can't even read this next one. Look it up. Look up the whole scandal if you're if you're missing it. And yeah. I'm sorry, Marcus. You can continue on your 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 poor man's version.
1: No, no, no. I no. I was just gonna. I was just gonna close with. Um, they were talking about what to do with him afterwards. Mm-hmm. And then they were like, "So we're gonna get this other person who's like next in line."
0: Yeah, Lieutenant Governor Justin Fairfax. Right, but didn't something just drop about him? Two sexual assault allegations dating to 2000, and 2001. And then the next thing <laughs> is the, the slow clap behind. Um, next in line, so then they they basically were like, "Thank you, next." Um, and behind him is Attorney General Mark Herring, who They looked up, they were like, well, we should look his, you know, shit up as well because this has been kind of rough. Virginia uh, Attorney General says he dressed as a rapper and wore quote-unquote brown makeup at a 1980s party. What? Yeah, it's like, thank you, next, thank you, next. Okay, surely the third (laughs) guy in line, right? Like, he'll be okay. (laughs) Thank you, next. Next. (laughs) <laughs> um and the big thing is so all three of those politicians are democrats um and then the man who would assume the governorship if all three of them step down is the GOP house speaker Kirk Cox which leaves you know people uh, supposedly in in a weird question that they found kind of hard to answer um, and, and one that they continue to address, like, yes, these men politically and publicly might have, you know, taken strides. Like, even if we believe the governor, um, Northam, saying, like, he's he's done really well in addressing these issues as governor, do, mm-hmm. does that, you know, push, push away the fact that he appeared wearing blackface in 1985? Probably not. Um, even if it... You know, portrays the fact that, like, or moves along the fact that three men, three Democrats have to step down and and allow a GOP member take the governorship. Yep. That's what I, th- I think, personally, we have to do. Um, and, you know, the, the House Democratic caucus said um, on Friday, just two days ago, that they believe that all three of these men should step down. Um, this is not a partisan problem. It's a problem for all Virginians and Americans. And basically, that that these you know men have betrayed um, and broken the trust Virginians must have in their leaders. Um, they said, you know, that it, it is it must be our actions, not our words, that will lift up the voices that for far too long have been silenced and oppressed. Um, and and they urged the men to to step down, but. I mean, literally just last night, this is I have an article from NPR saying that Ralph Northam tells staff he has no plans to step down. And Jeez. it's just kind of rough, right? Like, it's just, it feels against everything that we've been mm-hmm. pushing for. We're mm-hmm. holding accountability. We're saying Me Too. And these men have been fighting for it in their political careers. Great. Now it's it's time to step up, you know, and yeah. say... I did something wrong and and let's move on um were thing, oh my God, which I you could know? go on about that forever. I saw um listeners if you're not aware the the liam Neeson was in an interview, and correct me if I'm wrong Marcus hmm. um he was in an interview and basically like he was it his a friend of his that said like they had had an incident with uh uh like being mugged by a person of color and they were like you know traumatized from it and then Liam was Neeson it, was basically like yeah then I went patrolling to like hope that yeah. someone would try and uh attack me so that I would have an excuse to to kill someone mm-hmm. or like beat mm-hmm. the shit out of someone right what well, the fuck like it well it was
1: specifically it was specifically like he was told that it was a black person like it was a black dude um, and so he went around looking um for any black dude to to start something with him um and uh, and i think i don't know if it was i don't know if they were like if they were mugged or if they were raped i couldn't i could not i can't remember um i think it was a mugging but i was it just a mugging i okay. think so well i and i and i remember i remember back in when i was in college right. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember specifically there was an incident where a girl said that she was attacked by two black guys, mm-hmm. and uh, I didn't know the girl. I had seen her on campus, um, but she said that she was attacked by two black guys, um, and that they had robbed her. That they, you know, looked like they were trying to uh, sexually assault her, mm-hmm. um, and it came out. Not like a week later that she lied, <sighs> that she was trying to get this dude that I guess wasn't like wouldn't talk to her. Uh, she was trying to get him in trouble. And what I'm sorry, fuck? I'm sorry, but you know, it, it's it's hard enough, you know. And and this is from a dude's perspective, but from what I can see, it's hard enough for a woman to to call a dude out that is actually sexually harassing her mm-hmm. and possibly like having a 50, 50 chance of maybe we'll believe you. Maybe we won't. Maybe we believe you. Maybe we'll just continue to put that guy uh, on the uh, Supreme court. Yeah, I did that. Cute. Um, <laughs> um, I just, I just feel like, you know, if, if you have a problem with somebody, right if you if you have an incident, you go through the proper channels you know you don't you don't take matters into your own hand, like liam Neeson did right mm-hmm. you do you do the right thing because there are so many incidents where you have innocent uh, black men latinos you know all across the board, even white men right mm mm-hmm who are who are falsely charged because somebody else decided i'm going to get back at you and this is the best way that i know how to you're belittling these people who those incidents actually happened to and that's why they stay that's why they've stayed silent for so long
0: yeah i mean you know? you're 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 like galvanizing a, a separate group and and drawing attention to away from the actual victim of the event and mm. you know listeners forgive if you could hear my keystrokes i was googling what what it actually was that happened to his friend and mm-hmm. you were correct it it was she was raped okay. um which is just all the more i mean it just proves everything you just said it's it's drawing attention away from those victims mm-hmm. of the actual event it is hard enough to be a woman in this world a woman in america without mm-hmm. you know White men having a hero complex about saving the damsel in distress from mm-hmm. a evil quote unquote like I think he called them black bastards or something, which yeah. is just yeah. like absolutely not okay mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. and and like i I understand the anger anyone would feel that anger and and like you're saying is is pumped up about like we need to change our world, but that's exactly it. We need to change our world. We don't need to go out killing people, right? Um, ugh, that just gives
1: me let, the heebie-jeebies. We, yeah, we need like Liam Neeson. If ima- imagine what would have happened had Liam Neeson, you know, taken a second, calmed down, went through the proper channels. Because what if, what if he went to that neighborhood, and something did happen, and he met someone who had no idea what what his issue was, but maybe bumps into him. Mm -hmm. And what if Liam Neeson had killed him? Right? So now not only do you not get the actual culprit, but now you've killed, you've killed somebody, you've ruined your life and you've taken the life of your fellow man. And why? Because you could not take a moment to breathe and just, let let the justice system work and if it doesn't work right if it doesn't do what it's supposed to do mm-hmm. that's that's when we get up in arms right you know but you you can't you can't defeat you can't defeat yourself going into the justice system before you even have even even let it work try to work yeah i'm not saying the justice system is perfect by any stretch of the imagination no but the only way that we're going to continue to call it out is if we you know again drop that little ball through into like the little tunnel maze and if it doesn't come out you fix it you fix it at the at where it where the ball
0: stopped Right, but we need to be focusing, especially someone like Liam Neeson, who is a international movie star and has a platform for social change, you would think mm-hmm. that it, his first inclination would be to fix the system on a large scale, not, like, mm-hmm. blow up the ball that didn't come out right, you know, mm-hmm. like... Exactly. Which, I, I'm just exhausted from hearing stories like this, and, of course, there are, you know multiple facets to this and there are people defending him and people you know saying what he did wasn't right or or certainly but is that just because of the outcome is that just because he didn't kill anybody Mm -hmm. you know i right i just it gets really really tricky um and i think we need to take a a deep look at our actions and the actions of the people that we idolize and, and put up on a pedestal and pay, you know, millions of dollars per year to appear as our, uh, you know, champions, as it were, in in film and TV. We just need to take a really, really hard look. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. That just like, I right? need to take a second and breathe. Um, <laughs> well, you're in the safe space. So you can do that. Thank you, Marcus. <laughs> thank you. Um... <laughs> You know, it's getting harder to breathe, though. God, I'm, I'm, I'm on it with these transitions, man. It's getting harder to breathe. Um, as NASA confirms that these past five years have been the hottest and most pollutant on record, with this past year topping charts and estimates to only increase in temperature as we continue to use fossil fuels. CNN even called it a screaming alarm bell to stop use of fossil fuels. Um, along that line, some exciting news that I just wanted to ch- touch on. In case you're like, "Man, this world sucks, and no one's doing anything," um, GM, the the motor company and electronics and and uh, uh, app- uh, appliances you know company, just committed to full use and lineup of electric vehicles moving forward into 2020, um, and announced that they do not expect this move to turn a profit for at least three years. They are announcing oh. that you know they're they're committed now to completely electric and sustainable vehicles um, and they're going to overhaul their entire lineup, but that they don't expect to make any money for three years, which I think mm. is what we've been demanding as, you know, consumers and people that are worried about the, the environment and global warming for, for mm. years. Um, yeah. That's the kind of commitment we need from all companies and from all of our politicians. So... hmm You know, it's not looking good with NASA confirming that I I hold a special regard for NASA. I don't know why I think it's my childhood fantasy of going to space, but (laughs) they are not lying to us. You know, they have the data to back it up. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. And speaking of data to back it up, measles, right, Uh, declared eliminated as a major public health threat in the United States almost 20 years ago, has uh, reemerged, excuse me, this winter in the Pacific Northwest specifically and other states where parents have relatively broad leeway over whether to vaccinate their children. Um, 79 cases of measles have been reported um, by the CDC uh, and prevention since uh, the start of this year. 79 Mm -hmm. cases since a month ago, um, 50 cases, uh, of the highly contagious disease were in Washington state. We've had, it's crazy outbreaks in, um, Brooklyn, 64 confirmed cases of measles were reported mostly, you know, late 2018. Um, but, but mostly in this Washington, uh, Washington state in, in, in Clark County in January. Um, mm-hmm. most of them children under the age of 10. I, I cannot stress this enough. You know, these people that are, are looking at these vaccines saying that it's going to give your child autism or your child some sort of disability. Mm-hmm. It, your your child doesn't need that disability, but they don't need fucking measles either, Karen. Hey. I... I <laughs> they're, i i it's it's funny but it's absolutely ridiculous i mean they do not need measles they're going to die you are killing children directly Mm -hmm. um it's just like it's one of those things i just please i urge you if you are a parent take care of your child look to the future vaccination has helped us in large numbers uh it has it has never largely hurt us in any way, supported by science or the scientific community. Take a look. Vaccinate your children. Exactly. I'll get off my soapbox. Um But don't put it away. But don't oh oh don't you put that soapbox away. Keep it out? No, don't keep it out. Keep you can get off of it. Oh but don't put it away. Okay. I like when you get passionate. thank you (laughs) no one's ever noticed me like this before um (laughs) i feel like i'm in the spotlight you know um you
1: you should i i love getting on the soapbox
0: (laughs) it just feels good you know right um it feels cathartic
1: yeah um just to get it out especially in, in this particular segment it's just just nice to like To let it out, to let your voice be heard, because, again, there's a lot of times where, you know, I think, and I think you're the same way, we just keep silent, because not every fight needs to be fought, but, you know, you still want your opinion out there. Yeah. But you just, you just don't want to, like, you know... (laughs) start some twitter beef over it
0: (laughs) yeah and i mean i think that my version of like you know taking a step back but also making sure that my opinion is heard is Mm -hmm. to like challenge and impress upon people don't listen to me don't trust me don't Mm -hmm. don't don't hear my numbers that i'm spewing out you know if you don't believe that i have researched please fact check me please go online and search you know about the medical information um And the prescribing information behind vaccines, please look that up. I want you to look at the data um, that is released by third party, uh, you know, platforms. They are not by politicians, but I feel like people hear politicians say something and they're like, that's immediately not true. No, it might be taken out of context, but it might Mm -hmm. be true. We have to look, as Marin would urge us from a couple of episodes ago, we have to look at the data behind things and make our own uh assumptions and and draw our own conclusions from that hard and fast data um and those things are always changing like she you know told us a couple of episodes ago so so always stay current keep looking those things up um Mm -hmm. and staying current uh getting off of my soapbox and and not tucking it away but certainly (laughs) taking it out of the spotlight um I want to step into our next segment, but we're having a little takeover. Where the Grammys are tonight, Marcus. Um, I really forgot. I, m- <laughs> me too. Honestly, I was scrolling through like my Google News this morning. You know, in the similar way that you do uh, with your Alexa. Turn on in Marcus's room. Damn it! She, she can't hear you. I need D- her during podcast podcasts now. <laughs> I'm having trouble Dan- I, I, I oh, did hear you hear? I hear her. Yes. Yes. oh i just fucked with marcus so hard
1: um no that was that wasn't me that was you what yeah that wasn't me mine's muted
0: oh damn i fucked myself (laughs) oh on the air i did i did think damn um the grammys are tonight he says quickly getting off topic to, to to shield his blushing cheeks Um, the Grammys are tonight and I'm excited. Speaking of Mm -hmm. social justice, I think it's going to be a great year. Um, Mm -hmm. I looked into a bunch of stuff and, uh, I think it's going to be a great year for keeping on our theme today of like talking about diversity and women in the spotlight and, um, you know, people of color in the spotlight. Um, Mm -hmm. We've got a lot of cool things happening in the Grammys tonight. So, um, you know, last year there was all of this Me Too talk, right? And, like, um, there were – we were calling for more female artists. Um, Like, this year they are are heavily dominated by women. So there's the four, like, big categories – record of the year, song of the year, album of the year, and best new artist – and this year, they are dominated by women, including um, Cardi B, uh, Janelle Monae, um, and, and and other you know great women artists. Um, but women make up five of the eight contenders um, for those those big marquee categories, which I think is awesome. Um, mm-hmm. Although people do say, like uh, you know, people pointed out that Kendrick Lamar and Drake, however, racked up the most overall nominations. Um, but that kind of leads me into like, that's not technically super surprising to me because there is some Oscars overlap. Um, yeah, there's the sweeping, you know, cultural power, uh, uh, of like black Panther being, you know, really kind of as a resurgence of a movement, um, like the, you know, the, the superhero smash has been making, you know, great showings. I think it's going to make great showings at the Academy Awards, um, and that was, you know, anchored by Kendrick Lamar. Um, yeah. and, uh, I don't, SZA, is that how you say? SZA, yeah. Okay, SZA. So they, they really, you know, put that, um, album together and it's, uh, and that the song, All the Stars, it's, it's up mm. for eight Grammys tonight, uh, including Record of the Year and Album of the Year. Lamar curated, produced that soundtrack. Um, yeah. he could possibly i'm actually really excited for him uh he could take home his first album of the year award after falling short several times most recently um when his i, I can't believe he didn't win uh album of the year for for damn pulitzer prize winning damn lost he, out to did bruno he not mars win one for damn no
1: and he didn't win one for to pimp a butterfly mm Dude, I I listen to, to Pimp a Butterfly every day before work. Um just because it's such a chill album. Um I listen to Damn when I'm coming home and I just feel angry. Um <laughs> but you like, like
2: damn.
1: Yeah. <laughs> that's all I can say. <laughs> but they're both really great albums. So I'm I'm shocked to hear I I did not. I mean, I'm a recent Kendrick Lamar fan, so um I mean, it's probably like not news to everybody else, but like to me, I'm like, what really? I was mm-hmm. he winning Grammys before? Oh,
0: wow. I did not know that. I, yeah, no, I remember watching like his performance at the Grammys and mm-hmm. literally Bruno Mars won for 24 Karat Magic. And I was like, I really? fucking hate everything. Um, And I'm not, like, a huge music person. Like, I I don't follow the Grammys religiously. Like, you know, I just remembered that it was this morning because I looked at the news. Um, Mm. But I'm I'm really excited. I think that it should be, it looks good in the sense of the people that are, should be identified and should be being appreciated finally might get their chance to do just that. Um, Which I'm really excited about. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think it's a great year for women and a great year um, for people of color as they show up in in large numbers. And it really tracks from like year to year that these artists have been consistently making great music for years. Let's recognize them for it. And if this is mm-hmm. the year, even if he wins for Black Panther and he didn't win for damn, he deserves that fucking Grammy. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I agree. I would also be interested to see how drake does just because you know from our spotify wrapped portion of our episode a couple of, a couple of weeks ago drake is my boy apparently <laughs> <laughs> um i i'm excited i'm gonna see that um i also think while we're while we're talking about um you know the takeover the the mm-hmm. grammy takeover i think we should mention some other um some music artists that have done really well recently i know you wanted to talk about serengeti I did. Um,
1: Serengeti, for those of you who don't know, um, he's a Chicago-based rapper. Um, I've talked about him a couple of times on the show. Uh, He recently dropped a new album called Dust. Uh, And actually, Mitchell, I was um, was getting ready to send it to you, um, send you the link via Spotify, because um, Dust is awesome dude dude like serengeti is he's quickly becoming one of my favorite um kind of underground rap artists uh he you know we've talked before about his kenny dennis trilogy or saga i guess i should say mm-hmm. um so it's it was nice to hear him out of the kenny dennis character mm-hmm. um this this is the first album after uh after he concluded the kenny dennis albums um and it's just it's very it's this it's got like this nice um lo-fi hip hop um like beat to every track mm. that he that he is just rapping like so smooth on. It definitely feels like um you know 90s like not uh, not 90s like early 80s um to late 80s rap. Um, okay. I really I really enjoy it uh and then that led me to finding uh another one of his albums which is set in the Kenny Dennis universe because Kenny Dennis for those of you who don't know um was a rapper um in the 80s he was an underground rapper in the 80s and he had a he had a um an, uh, a group called the Grim Teaches. mm mm-hmm. and so what Serengeti did was within the universe he got people to play like Kenny Dennis's friends and they made a Grim Teachers album to go along with the story. Yo. So like you can listen. So like they talk about so like in his in like the Kenny Dennis LPs and like all the trilogy, they talk about the Grim Teachers. So you can look up Grim Teachers on Spotify, find the album, and dude, it is like it's 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 hot. It's <laughs> that's all I can say. It's just like it's actually legitimately good music. Um so Sweet. I definitely yeah, I definitely uh, I'm going to send it to you. Yeah, um, please do. Definitely check out Serengeti. Uh he like I say he just dropped dust um and let us know in the comments what you guys think.
0: Yeah, please do. Mm-hmm. Um there are so many people dropping music, um, but I gotta show love, like, uh, I was t- we were listening to, me and my girlfriend were listening to um, this album last night, and she was like, you would be stupid not to talk about this on your podcast, this is like <laughs> the female <laughs> anthem, and I was like, okay, we are going to talk about it, um, but it, it really is impressive when you get right down to it, Ariana Grande released her second album in less than a year Two nights ago, February 8th, she dropped an entire new album after she just dropped, um, I think it's called Sweetener or Sweetening, um, Mm -hmm. in November after um, uh, uh, Mac Miller died. Oh, wow. Right? And she dropped the single from it, Thank You, Next. Um, Mm. This is the entire album. And it comes with, like, she just dropped a, a music video for it. Um, I think it was last night, or it might have been this morning. Um, mm-hmm. Break up with your boyfriend, I'm bored. Right? Like, <laughs> it, there's a... Uh, she does a this other track. I have to find it right now. I'm sorry, I'm not prepared. I'm just so amped about it. Um, <laughs> there's this other track that is basically like a um, a remix of These Are a Few of My Favorite Things, Um Except for it's basically like, she's like, I I, I want it. Like, I got it. I'm going to buy it. Like, look at my bank deposits. They're hot. That's what my favorite shit is. Like, when I have something that's one of my favorite things, I just buy it because, like, I'm a bad bitch. And I'm like, <laughs> yo, I'm about it. Like, uh-huh, uh-huh. it's just incredible. And honestly, I, I think that we have to throw some mad respect to um, the ladies that are putting in, uh, you know, t- sometimes double, triple the work and mm-hmm. not being recognized mm-hmm. for it. So, yeah. I, you know, I it, this album comes out in 2019. She is not going to, you know, probably be mentioned at the the Grammys in that, in that regard. Like, she's not going to win a Grammy for this album until next year, potentially. But mm-hmm. I hope they bring her up. I hope that she has a slot to fucking perform something because she is just consistently, like, one of the most um, present uh, people in the music industry right now. And Mm. when I tell you that, like, some of these mixes for these songs, Marcus, are, like, Mm -hmm. hot, like... Crystal was we were in the car and Crystal was playing these songs and I was like turn this shit up. Who is this? She was like it's Ariana yeah. Grande. I was like oh my god, like am I a basic bitch yeah. because she's like <laughs> she's hot as hell and and she's consistently talked about, you know, reclaiming her her body and her ability to say like I can be hot, I can be desired, I can be sexy without you touching me, like without yeah. you sexualizing me from a distance mm. and putting me under that. Um and I think that we need that kind of shit, um, especially mm-hmm. in this like male-dominated uh, music industry, right? And that's why I'm doubly excited about seeing so many women up for awards at the Grammys tonight. Um, mm-hmm. I hope it's like a a Beyonce level bad bitch takeover. Um, <laughs> I'm just ready for it, you know? Yeah. Um absolutely. And we're getting great music, so like I don't I don't see what people are complaining about. Mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. and the music video is awesome you should go check them out i I'm gonna have to
1: I mean I'm I'm kind of like a in the in recent months or I guess recent weeks I guess I should say um I've kind of become like a mild Ariana grande fan um she puts out some she puts out some good music mm-hmm. um and it's made me I think the thing that sells me is if I can if you make me take a moment, to not play my Spotify and listen to the same music that I've listened to over and over and over again, mm-hmm. you make good music. Yeah. You, you know, if you can break me from, from you know, my constant loop of the same songs, you make good music and I would like to continue to listen to you and see what else you got.
0: Yeah, so seriously. I'm definitely going
1: to I'm definitely have to check
0: her out. Yeah. Um, her, her, I just looked it up, Um, her... Like uh, seven of my favorite things, right? Like uh, that remix is called Seven Rings.
1: Yes, I I heard that the other the other day. Yeah,
0: they are so good. Um, it it they're just great. I mean, they're just great songs. The album is called Thank You Next. Um, after that hit single that she released a couple of months ago, mm-hmm. and I I just wanted to bring it up because I think it's awesome. I think you know we gotta be staying um up to date and pushing ourselves to you know crystal pushed me to this and i think it's worth mentioning we have to hold ourselves accountable as like two men on a podcast talking Mm. about entertainment news we got to stay informed with what the ladies are doing and push out of our comfort zone like you're saying um which we always do and i'm i'm proud of us but you know i want to keep going i want to be better uh, and hold myself accountable so thank you for for you know, suggesting very heavily that I do that crystal. Um, (laughs) I mean, it's impressive. I, one last thing I'll say about it is like, she's been dealing with a lot, you know, she, she broke up with her fiance and she had an ex boyfriend pass away and Mm -hmm. she still fucking released two studio albums, studio full albums. I'm not talking about three song EPs. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. She's putting in the work. It kinda of puts you in the mind of uh
1: not not to say that like she's like completely like this person. Um, but it kinda of puts you in the mind of Kanye. Mm. Um you know, where Kanye's mom died, he had just um what was it his fiance, I think Amber Rose, didn't she break off the engagement? Yeah. Um, so and he was in a very, very like weird place and yet he's still um he still put in the work to release 808s and heartbreaks which again um when you listen to that album you feel that same hurt um that he was going through um absolutely I, I just, you know i just feel like I, you got to give people respect when they when they're able to still produce their art um even when they're going through a lot because we all we're all going through a lot um but not everybody is strong enough to to keep going and keep going about their day and that's a testament to her i will listen to her album. i didn't even think about that i will listen to her album today just because of that Mm. you know if you put in the if you put in that work after everything that you're going through and you're still walking around with a smile on your face you know what i'll listen to you because that's not i listen we do it all
0: the time so i get it i do and I got mad respect for it. I got mad respect for it too. I mean, I I think it's even more impressive and as an artist just like along with the not so famous brand, um mm. like you got to respect people being able to do that amidst so much emotional toil um and not losing sight of what they want to do and what they want to commit to. So, I'm I'm constantly impressed. Yeah. Um And, and go her, like, let's give her a little, you know, pat on the back. She's, she's doing it. She's certainly going to continue doing it. And she deserves all of the, the love and the attention, um, Mm -hmm. that she's, that she's receiving and the, the, hopefully the critical acclaim that she gets. Yeah. Um, yeah. And one last thing I'll say before we wrap up and move into our next segment, um, If you were excited about Meek Mill's, uh, you know, new album that he released right after... What was that? Was that in November, I think, of 2018? I think so. A couple months ago. um, He released that big album. He, you know, paired with people like Cardi B, like Drake... Um, he just got a brand new, um, music video single with Drake. He, he did going bad with Drake, um, and they released it and it's really kind of artsy fartsy and it rely, um, it kind of reminds me a little bit of, um, like the good music brand. Mm. Um, you remember that album, uh, in like, I think it was like 2013 or 2014, um, when it was like Kanye and Jay Z and Two Chains, and like they all released those like super you know rappy songs, but that were kind of yeah. silly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Going Bad reminds me a lot of that, and hmm. um, the music video certainly relies on a certain sense of like traditional rapper esque stuff, but yeah. it's really like well done, high class, dressed up. <laughs> Um, it's really good. And I'm eager to to hear what our listeners think, or if maybe you, you hate Meek Mill, um, you hate Drake, (laughs) my boy. Um, in which case I'm, you know, I'm wondering what you think and what your opinions are. Um, but I am super excited to get into this next segment, Marcus, um, we have a great interview lined up today. I know that, you know, when we recorded it, you weren't actually able to make it. I'm so sad about that. But hopefully you will yeah. you'll listen to it um and, and get a new perspective from uh a very interesting guest that we have lined up for this week that, that does something that we've we've never really seen before yet in our interviews. Mm-hmm. Um, since you weren't able to, to take a, a lead on one of the, uh, this, this week's interview, do you want to tell the people right now where they can find you and, and all of that great information? Yeah.
1: So, I mean, again, guys, we've already kind of talked, uh, at length about those different platforms, but just a quick reminder, um, you can always hear me on Popcorn Prattle. You can hear me here on Not So Famous. You can now hear me on, uh, Roll Initiative. You can hear me on, uh, Continuum Force um you can hear him all right I, you hey you will hear me okay you can say a <laughs> lot of shit
0: about Marcus and sally but you cannot say that you cannot hear him
1: <laughs> but if you guys want to uh to have like a personal conversation with me um you can always find me on instagram uh or you can find me on twitter at mark m-a-r-c underscore laroy l-a-r-o-y can't wait to strike up a convo with you
0: Absolutely. I'm looking forward to it. And I'm looking forward to uh, you listeners hearing this next segment uh, inside the Everyday Artist Studio coming up next after this quick break. So stay tuned.
2: You know, I mean, usually whenever people start talking about doing a... I mean, look. Here's the point that I'm trying to make here, okay? Barb, this is isn't what I don't understand.
1: I mean, how could I don't
0: understand they have
1: you made a movie this bad? I mean, I Who was, like, said, said that
0: this was okay? Look at the attitude she came across. I've
2: been many.
1: Come get belligerent on Popcorn Prattle Film Talk podcast. You can find us on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, and Podbean. You'll be glad you did.
0: This week on Inside the Everyday Artist Studio, we have with us special guest, Ben Smolin. Ben Smolin uh, got his Master's in Theater Arts at Villanova and his BFA in Acting at Syracuse, and he has been working as a director, actor, and teacher in Philadelphia since 2002. He's been teaching and directing professionally since 2004. During that time, he also worked in marketing research for six years and most recently seven years and a couple of months in pharmaceutical sales. Uh, He lived in North Carolina, Buffalo, and Syracuse, New York, and all around the Philly burbs. Recent productions in his resume include Lockhart for the premiere in 2018 Philly Fringe. Podcast listeners, you might remember uh, talking to uh, Tom. We interviewed a couple of episodes. He was involved in that. Um, Speaking of Tom's alma mater, LaSalle University's fall 2018 production of Urinetown, Villanova University's production of Into the Woods in 2018, and the world premiere original musical United at the historic Betsy Ross House for the 2017 Philly Neighborhood Fringe Festival. He's worked with companies like uh, PTC, The Arden, Delaware Theatre Company, 1812, Act II Playhouse, Montgomery Theatre, University of the Arts, University of Pennsylvania, Villanova, LaSalle. He's been everywhere. Um, And Ben is a current board member and founding member of the Director's Gathering. Um, Ben, I mean... That's incredible. You've had such a a range of experiences and and worked for a variety of different companies, um, both inside the theater and outside the theater. Um, Acting, directing, uh, building props, right, in your – what was it exactly so uh
2: so in my master 's program, Villanova has a really great system where the majority of the students who uh, who get their m a through the villanova program um, go on some sort of graduate assistantship or or scholarship mm-hmm. uh, there are two acting scholars there are two uh, uh, props assistants which is what I was a props assistant right. uh, four set assistants four costume assistants and a PR assistant um, the assistants go for free and get paid a, a lovely monthly stipend Cha-ching! so it's yeah it's a wonderful it's not I mean it's it's, it's definitely college money but it's, it's Still money, it's still money. Uh, and, College money counts, and because and because the uh, your your education is entirely free, mm-hmm. um, you know that money makes even a bigger difference. Uh, and the acting scholars go for free, though do not get paid. Mm. Um, but uh, but yeah, so um, that's where I really I'd had some t- tech experience prior to that, but that's really where I got to dive deep into into props work, and then um, have been fortunate enough to do some props work professionally since graduating from Villanova.
0: That's incredible. Which by the way. I mean, listeners, Ben and I have been talking now for hours, so I kind of forgot to say like, hi, welcome. Thank hi, you. welcome. <laughs> Glad to be here. <laughs> Thank you, Mitchell. Um, you're very welcome. You, you've done more than that, though. I mean, you've pr- produced your own work. You've taught classes all the while for the last, you know, seven years holding down this nine to five position at a company that has really seemed to take care of you um, and help you launch your career in a different way and, and set you up for success across all aspects of your artistic and non-artistic career. Um, And I know that's a lot. I just kind of have to say you, you amaze me in that way. You've, you've been a role model to me. And I I know that once this podcast airs, you're going to be a role model to others. Um, And for, for those of you who don't know, Ben and I's like off mic history, um, we met in college. I'm kidding. Um, I was a a TA at UART's pre-college program for two years or excuse me, two years back, and I was assigned to Ben's process class, and then fast forward another year, I'm his uh, program assistant contact in the administration, and he asked me to be a part of Lockhart, Um, and now he and I are forming this theater company together, and he helped me get a job at the same uh, company that he's been working at, out in Yardley, working nine to five. So I guess the main thing that I want to jump into, and I think is on our listeners' minds as well, is... Uh, you know, what What are the steps that you've taken to get into your current place in life? And um, what does that look like for you now coming out of what you just described, that college, uh, you know, like getting that college experience and going for free and then getting that money um, and, and now kind of straddling both sides of the fence? Like, is this where you always thought you'd end up? Probably not.
2: Uh, yeah, I would say I would say that is a, a solid no. Um, <laughs> and especially because of – so I went to grad school late, right? Mm-hmm. A lot of people try and go within a couple of years. We were talking earlier about uh, our, our mutual friend Casey who's currently applying to MFA programs. He's right. your age, right? He, so he is only a couple years out of college already looking at grad school. I didn't get to grad school until – I was 28, mm-hmm. um, so I've been out of college for seven years and working professionally during that time in a corporate position. Just to because I, I worked, you know, for uh, eight months at a restaurant and hated every second of it, mm-hmm. and and you know, retail I did and didn't like, and like so I was just uh, uh, looking for something else that was going to be uh, more palatable. <laughs> to To pay my bills while I was trying to do my uh, uh, my, my theater work, my finding my creative outlet. Sure. Um, and, and I'll say that my first stint in corporate life was not as pleasant as my second stint. Uh, <laughs> Good I, to know. I, I, it was it, so I. I full transparency worked for the same company my father worked for so i got okay. in as a as like a summer resource when i was in college and then was fortunate enough to to find my way into an entry level job there after college um, but that was after having more, some hourly work as, you know, like I said, restaurant, retail, those types mm-hmm. of things. Um, and not, not liking that at all. Uh, I can
0: see why you wouldn't like it. It's fucking awful. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> right. I just left it. Uh, yeah, it's, it's,
2: it's not a, it's not a happy, happy life, but, but, uh, but I will say, well, in, in some ways, uh, a corporate existence is, um, less hard on you physically and, uh, um, emotionally and sometimes psychologically there are other challenges corporate work can be really really tedious sure um and and it's very hard i I mean i can tell you most of the people most of the people even people who've been doing these things for years and years are not Passionate about the work. No. Business is is rarely something people are passionate about. And when you find people who are passionate about it, what they're most passionate about is making money. Uh, <laughs> I mean, really, yeah. I mean, it's true. And I and I know people who I who I love and respect deeply who will be very much very open about the fact that they are money driven. I am very much not money driven, mm-hmm. but also but money uh,
0: supported. <laughs> well, right. I
2: mean, I, I, I've been there where you know I know what it's like to be the starving artist. The the, the 12 months post when I graduated from Villanova, when I got my master's, Uh I did nothing but theater work for, for, I I mean, I I don't know exactly, but I think it was about 340 of 365 days I worked in the 12 months after I graduated from Villanova. Wow. In that year, I made... Just under eighteen thousand uh, dollars, and I worked all over the place. I, I worked. That was, I mean, I had a lot of those those companies you see on there. My first interaction with them. I did. Uh, I was a props master for two shows at eighteen twelve. Mm-hmm. I assistant directed at Villanova or at um, the Arden. I assistant directed at Philadelphia Theater Company. I was teaching at Delaware Theater Company and Act Two Playhouse and directing at Montgomery Theater. Right. All in that time and making almost nothing. Right. Uh, and, and that was when you know I, I just. I knew, especially because I had—I was old enough at that point. I was was not in my early twenties. Mm-hmm. Um, I had accrued life debt, credit card debt, uh, uh, and mm. and school loans from yeah. grad school, and and you know some of those were pro- were federal loans, some of those were private loans. And for those of you who don't know, you can defer federal loans, but you cannot defer a private loans. So if you have you know, educational loans through you know, say Wells Fargo. The minute <laughs> the minute they tell you to start paying, you have to start paying. Ben, it sounds like you took loans through Wells Fargo. Uh, well, <laughs> possible, I took loans through Wells Fargo, and actually, it's you know, like they've been really easy to work with and all of that. Um, and and my federal, but my federal loans, I was able to defer and defer and defer and defer until I had to start paying them. Right. Um, which was maybe three or four years after I graduated, and so, uh. I've gotten off track and and almost don't remember your initial question but <laughs> I, I think that there were a couple of things that were instilled in me very early on in college that I think that have driven uh driven my my journey my life choices that have brought me to where i am and the mm-hmm. first one is they you know i mean i went to a, a, a what was essentially a conservatory they don't sell it as a conservatory but i can tell you i was required to have basically a hundred credits of 130 credits for my four years were in my major right, right.
0: conservatory style conservatory the style
2: right i i and like You know, most people go to college and they have to take, you know, X number of credits of science and X number of credits of math. At Syracuse, they were like, well, you need to take writing 105 and 205, which by the way, I tested out of. Thank you, AP English. And then 24 (laughs) other credits of whatever the fuck you want that counts as an academic. Right. I even got golf counted as an extracurricular when I was in college. (laughs) Like, so, so I did not get it. I got a great theater education, not a well rounded education. Um,
0: Well, it depends. I mean, the golf balls are pretty. Round, right? I mean, I mean that's, and, that's physically, physically round. There's my third I got an fund. A in that
2: class, uh, and I'm terrible at golf. <laughs> um, so one of the things that they were very open with us is that, like we we have almost 400 people in this program. Mm-hmm. You are all here because you are talented and smart people, but. You will not all become Broadway stars. You will not all become TV and movie stars. And if you want to keep working in this industry, if you don't want to have to... Uh, uh struggle to find work, if you don't want to have to give up your creative dreams and really focus on a career that is outside of uh, of a creative realm, you need to have a diversity of skill sets, mm-hmm. right? You cannot say, I am an actor and I am an on- only an actor. And that, and that doesn't stop with the idea of like, you know, as I'm sure you've heard the triple threat, you know, right. actor, dancer, singer, uh, I am only two of those things and only barely a singer, uh, but... <laughs> But they really were, were saying, like, you need to find other areas within the the craft of theater that you're interested in, whether that's some sort of design, whether that's uh, um, technical theater outside of design, mm-hmm. whether that's producing, whether that's writing, dramaturgy, mm-hmm. you know. I mean, I know a lot of undergrad programs don't even mention dramaturgy. And at uh, Syracuse, we were fortunate enough to be attached to Syracuse Stage, which is a lore B theater and has a staff dramaturg which is that's an incredible uh, resource yeah, yeah. nearly unheard of in american theater there's like 300 dramaturgs full-time dramaturgs in the entire country um <laughs> 350
0: in the world yeah, i'm but, just kidding no, but i
2: mean <laughs> there's there's 350 in one city in germany those people love dramaturg. very true um but but it, it really struck it struck me and so even mm-hmm. in college uh you know i was uh, uh, volunteering for for technical things i learned how to hang lights um and and got some some Uh, knowledge about how you design lighting from that Mm -hmm. Uh, uh, I learned um, some of the dramaturgy stuff, Uh, got a much much better education in dramaturgy at Villanova, Uh, for anyone listening who is interested in dramaturgy um, it's an unbelievable program for learning that particular skill, whatever your focus is, and my my thesis was directing, Uh, uh, most of my friends did not do a thesis in uh, classmates did not do a thesis in dramaturgy, they did acting or uh, we had somebody do, uh, do choreography and costume design and all of right. these things. Um, mine was in directing. Uh, some people did dramaturgy, but you don't have to. But everybody in the program comes out a trained dramaturg. Well, so to have that as an additional skill. Now, I have the ability today in 2019, if I see a posting that's props master and I'm really interested in that, I can go for it. I've got the experience. I've got the knowledge. I don't right. have to feel unprepared for that. Same with dramaturgy. Same with it's, you know somebody's looking for a producer. I've produced... 10 shows now in my life, uh, 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 including things that I wrote
0: Mm -hmm. uh,
2: or or created from scratch myself. Again, more and more skill sets that if, if I can't find, you know, in a particular you know period of time a winter season a spring season whatever i cannot find someone to hire me for something Ew. for for a directing job i right. can go out for other things or i can create my own work which i think those things in in conjunction are really really important mm-hmm. um whether you are someone like me who ha- who supports themselves on a day job that is not theater based or if you're someone who's really just trying to to cobble together a career in, in the arts, the more things you can do, the easier that's going to be. And the more you try and limit yourself to, I am an actor and I am strictly an actor. And that is what I do. And I, I need to, you know, rise to the, the heights of this, the, the more frustrated you're likely going to be. Now, there are always exceptions to all of those sure. rules, you know. But in general, the more you can do, the better off you're going to be and the more you're going to stay employed, connected, networking, learning new things, mm-hmm. meeting new people, uh, uh, experiencing new types of art. Um, and
0: excelling at those things. I mean, I think that you've touched on a couple of things that are, are really important for like the not-so-famous listener, you know, base and for our brand as, you know, the not-so-famous podcast. Like, we're all about creating our own work. That was what drove me to create this show and to interview artists like you who have this experience and this drive and this know-how. I think the other thing that you mentioned that I really feel passionate about that we've mentioned in um, previous episodes is – Like rebranding yourself as a total threat or like a quadruple threat but in a different way than we've ever experienced. I mean musicals and theater as a whole as an entire industry is completely changing and I think being like you're saying agile, versatile, um, adaptable is extremely important um, across all. All all walks of life and has certainly, you know, helped and benefited you in um, different sectors in this um, kind of, you know, day job sector, as well as um, your creative um, endeavors. And I think that you can define those threats as you will. Right. And I think, uh, you know, cobbling together, like I'm sure you cobbled together, or I know I have, like from the restaurant, multitasking, Mm -hmm. right? Um, not complaining about being on my feet for six hours or needing to go where I'm needed. I come into work and they say, actually, you're not going to be doing that. You're
2: just going to be standing here and telling people to do this or that or whatever. Organizational agility, and and I would actually say that regardless of what your thing is, uh, and and I mean this in terms of your creative outlet and your day job that is not your creative outlet, mm-hmm. the that may be the single most most important skill anybody can have in any area: the ability to not be stuck in your lane Mm -hmm. and then when 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 a challenge comes up or a change comes up to be able to just roll with the punches and and adjust will take you so so far it makes you an easier person to work with it mm-hmm. makes you happier and less stressed Certainly. right like i think a lot of people create their own stress um and you know uh, um, so speaking about day jobs as you know uh the company that we both work for was <laughs> sold last yeah. thursday and and as of friday last week whole new world they're moving people around Mm -hmm. my title my job did not change but my title changed right Right. they decided just that the phrase client services was not one they wanted to run with so now I'm project management fine I'm doing the same thing not a big deal uh, uh, they moved all of the the top level executives out of offices on the opposite side of the building and onto my floor out in the open. Right, right. So like I I stand up at my desk and I see our president and our CFO right. and the new CEO walking around and my boss who's a VP sitting right behind me in my row and all of these things. Uh, and there, I will be honest, there are people that are a little uh, thrown. Right, like, right, right. And I, I love like
0: them. I'm used to my office. I'm used to the way that this is.
2: Right. It's it's it's. A a weird situation for them and, and and this is not a slight on them at all i love the people i know um but and, and but transition can be hard sure. the more that you can go take a deep breath and go it's fine we're gonna be fine i'm just gonna move forward and it, the better off you're going to be and the better off your relationships with the people around you are going to be.
0: well and you and i have talked about this but i think that's also you know what you should come into as, as a theater artist absolutely uh, into any process saying Yeah, I'm here and I'm excited. Like me coming into the company last week or this week, you know, has been like, um, we're going to show you some stuff and the purpose of it is really, you know, like meaningful and full of intent. Um, it might change next week. So please, you know, take it with a grain of salt and me being like, that's great. And I've learned it fully. And even if it changes tomorrow, I'll adapt to that. And like, I'll tell you, you know, being able to be an actor and a creative person in a in a corporate setting has benefited me in ways that I wasn't expecting. Right, being really personable with people, remembering people's names, um, being able to memorize quickly and think on my feet to think of creative problems of saying, Oh, well this doesn't work. How would I work it out? If I was with a group of creative people, I would ask this person, I would field this research. I would do X, Y doing that in front of people um, like my leadership team and things like that has already impressed people of being like, Oh, Mitchell's the one that can solve a problem quickly on his feet. And I don't say that to like boost my ego, but I was surprised at how well people had taken to me because I was the one without any sort of you know pharmaceutical experience or, or business experience or any yeah. sort of um, foot in the door to that, and people were like, "Wow, he fits in great. He's
2: doing really well." And I was like, "I'm just as surprised as you are." Yeah. Um. And and I'm not at all surprised. And I, I thought about giving you the heads up because I knew this would happen. <laughs> uh, but but I figured it would be better if you discovered it on your own. But but it's all in the training, right? So I had an interesting experience working on a show with a group of college students in the last year. Mm-hmm. Um, school and show will go unnamed, but uh, I sitting in a room with them and they were having a particularly stressful day or whatever. Um, and so I was like, well, let's decompress, let's just talk about other things, right? Not, not jump right. into rehearsal right now. Um, and so they were talking about uh, uh like life plans. Uh, it's you know a lot of these student groups I work with are minors or not not at all you know maybe they've taken a theater class or you know some of these colleges don't even have theater classes but they have a student theater group right, um, right so they're not they're not trained performers like a UART student might be uh, uh, or at least their training is not as as robust as that sure um, they're all in majors that are not um, that are not theater and so they're talking about like what their their classes are like and what they're looking you know to do outside of and I just curiously and this was maybe a little mean of me but ask them you know how many of you are business majors and, mm-hmm. and hoping to go into Some sort of, um, you know, business or sales or something like that. And and, and a good number, maybe a third to half of the hands shot up. And I said, that's really interesting. Uh, Do you do you want to take a guess at how many of the people that I work with on a day to day basis have an MBA? And somebody was like, I don't know, maybe 50%. And I'm like, yeah, maybe, but more like 10%. Uh, you know, they're, they're, it's all walks of life, right? Yeah. And that's the thing that that was most surprising to me when I first got into corporate work before I went to grad school was that people were coming from all sorts of different – I've run into the number of theater people I've run into in corporate jobs, not just where I work now, but in other companies. Sure. Because, because again, the, the, the typical – Theater, day job uh, of working in a restaurant or being a temp, or it's really stressful in really unproductive ways. Right. right, well, Whereas in job stru- security ways, right.
0: you know, like where am I gonna? It, it kind of doubles onto the fact that or the the thing that theater artists already struggle with, which is, okay, I have a contract for three months, but then after that three months is up, what am I doing? It's the same thing. Well, I didn't get good tips this month, so you're not getting income or, or you know reputable income from either of your sources or your um, you know like your creative outlet or your quote unquote professional outlet,
2: and and uh, and income. Side there is less structure, mm-hmm. and and so that is sort of uh, a more typical. And in some ways, a necessity of doing creative work is that the structure is more malleable, right? Right. Typical. But, but then to have a, the other part of your life be nice and clear and structured allows you to take a level of stress out of that. Yeah. To just out. I mean, you know, obviously having uh, having a regular paycheck and benefits and all of that <sighs> takes takes a large amount of stress <laughs> off, off the table but also that idea of I know what my hours are going to be every week. Mm-hmm. I don't have to guess when someone says to me can you do a workshop, you know, 8 8 weeks from now on a Saturday, I don't have to guess if I'm going to be available. I don't have to
0: take off. Right I,
2: don't have to, right, I don't have to take off. I don't have to like worry about if if they're going to reject my thing and say like even even if you want to because I've done this a lot in my 7 years at 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 our company. Mhm. We have vacation. We have a lot of vacation, right. right? So if I've got a thing, if I want to go to a workshop or, uh, 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 you know, uh, hold auditions in the middle of the day or do an audition myself that's in the middle of the day or, hell, take off and go to New York and see a Broadway show, I can do it. I submit my time. It gets approved every single time, right? It is, it is the by far the exception not the rule that you get a a vacation day where they're like, oh, we really need you in that day.
0: Yeah. Right?
2: And and that would be... I mean, I was scheduled... I could have taken off on Friday last week. I had the day, and and my boss wouldn't have said a word to me if I was like, "I ain't coming in." Mm -hmm. But we got, you know, new co was ready. It was we had been sold. We had a big town hall that day, and I canceled my day. But if I wanted to keep it, nobody would have batted an eye. Yeah, right. And that was a big day for us. We have been owned by the same company for over a decade, Mm -hmm. right? Since our inception, and we got sold. And the next day, I could have taken the day off, no problem.
0: Well, and I think what you're talking about, like, structure, I had, uh, you know, a great professor at UArts once tell me in my creative world that structure will set you free in a lot of ways in your performance. And I've always um, kind of been in my mind, at least, branding myself as, like, uh, the type A creative person, right? Like I'll always respond to the emails and I'll do it within an hour and I'll do it in a way that's professional. I'm great at writing. I'm great at articulating my thoughts. I'm great at this. I'm great at that, right? Like these like type A organizational habits, keeping yeah. track of things, being good at technology, those kinds of things. Um, And, and that is really, I, I never thought that that would be useful for me so outside useful. of that, but being able to inverse it and uh, now I'm the... Uh, you know like organizational creative person has been really valuable um and i i think that being able to brand yourself in different ways and find those skill sets and articulate them in a clear concise and almost colorful man- manner to those who are interviewing you or things like that yep. um can really present you in the best light and lead you into the the best version of what you're seeing for yourself day to day and I completely agree. Like for me, you know, auditioning and stuff like that, it was, it was okay. I have an audition next week. It's on a Tuesday. They want me coming at four o'clock. Um, that's great. Except for I have a shift that starts at three. And if I don't work that shift, that's one of my longest shifts. I won't, Make $150. If I don't make that $150, what will I do for my rent? What will I do for my utilities? Right. Now being able to say, okay, great, I'm just going to be able to take those two hours and knock it off, and then I'll come in and do my, or I'll take my vacation day, or I'll take my whatever day, and you'll get paid to not be there. I will get paid to not be there. That's incredible. Not to mention so incredible. You know the net of benefits. Now that's really important to me. Someone who's always been. Where, what is my income, what is my budget, those kinds of things. I really like and enjoy that structure. And you're right, it did take a, a, a huge weight off my, my shoulders uh, in terms of like, where is my income coming from? Will I be able to afford this place? Will I be able to do X? Can I take off that shift in a couple weeks? Um, can I go on that audition? I think, speaking of you know being creative and all of that um, that comes along with being an artist, You have to be able to pursue your artistry. And when do we do a lot of artistic things? We have rehearsals at nights, right? After people go to their jobs and things Mm -hmm. like that. We have rehearsals uh, on weekends, right? That was busy time for me. That's when I made the most money in the restaurant. So being able to clear cut and define those things has really set me free in a lot of ways. So. That's definitely something I think that our listeners can look into in the sense of it's not failure. It's just a different approach. It's just reorganizing your priorities. That was one of the first things that my mom said to me. She was like, I'm excited for you for this corporate job, but I just – I don't want you to give up on your dream. And I was like, Mom, I think I'll actually be able to pursue my dream at a, a better rate because I will be better funded – Better, you know, in contact with people like you, who I'm creating my own work with, and I will have more clear, concise uh, availability, and I will know exactly how to structure those things.
2: Yeah, absolutely, and so that brings me back to something I said earlier. So the two things that I learned in college that have really uh, uh, had a great, long-standing effect. I mean, I've been Mm -hmm. out of college for. Too many years, but uh, <laughs> but have a long-standing effect on how I've approached my my professional life, both in the in the creative sphere and in the money-making sphere. Mm-hmm. The other thing that that they used to say to us uh, after you know diversify your skill set was you need to understand, and this has become more and more true as the world has changed at a much much faster clip since the millennium, right? Mm-hmm. And, and that is almost entirely driven by technology right and internet more than anything certainly but but certainly you know um, the, the the rate at which how we do things is changing simply because uh, of of cultural changes right like the, the idea of someone having their cell phone out at work 15 years ago would have been appalling right and now if you watch People are walking around with their cell phones out all the time. People's got their cell phone on their desk. They're literally, you, you will see, you will see. I hope no one from work listens to this. You will yeah, see reps either. sitting at their desk on a call talking to a doctor flipping through Facebook, right? Like, Bro, I was playing Pokemon was Go thinking, at my desk today. Well, well you had a slogan. <laughs> um, but what they said was, and they, and they, they repeated this a lot. Mm-hmm. There is not a single path to do this yes, there, in, yes, fact, yes. in fact there is no path right everyone gets there differently and, and I will say even looking at the people that I went to college with who are the most successful now right and quote I unquote it. no I mean I, I I was good friends with with Princess Anna who's currently Princess Anna on Broadway Shit. Um, so like successful I, right and a friend of mine who uh from college is is one of the main characters on the TV show veep right so like i know people who are legit successful uh but but even them if you looked at their career paths and how they got to where they are none of them had what you would consider a traditional uh traditional career path Right? Uh, some of them more maybe more traditional than others in terms of the theater, the, how their theater work happened. Mm-hmm. Right? You know, they they went to a showcase after college and got an agent and started auditioning and got a thing here and got a thing there. But if you look, their paths diverge from that moment pretty drastically. Right. Right? And, and they've gotten to a place where they are at a very high level for their particular slice of the industry, whether you're talking about TV or movies or Broadway. Uh, but but how they got there is is extraordinarily different um
0: i think you see that across the the you know general scope of even if we're considering like celebrities those things that always go around that like at 23, these, this list of celebrities was doing X. And it was like, Oprah had just quit this job. Tina Fey had just left or whatever. Right. You know, this person, Brian Cranston, was working at a company. He right. wasn't even doing like anything creative whatsoever. Those kinds of things. And some part of you is like... I love like, those stories, too. They're, they're good because I think they remind us in some way. I mean, in some way, I think they're a little silly because it's like, you can't really compare yourself to to those people but in a way you can look at their stories and say yeah so whatever I'm doing is fine because it's what I'm doing right now and I'm still caring and I'm still committed and I'm still pursuing what I want to pursue and so, I think that's the the big thing.
2: Yeah, so I think you hit on it exactly. The 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 I think the word that I would I would uh, uh, cling to there is committed, right? I have at no point ever stopped since 2000 and- Two, I have filled all of my years with theater work, whatever it was, whether it right. was like props or, or directing or acting here and there, writing something, producing something, teaching something. I have kept myself consistently busy for the last 17 years despite – well, except for that one year after grad school, not making the majority, the, the majority or even – uh, all of or even the majority of my income off of my theater work right. i have kept busy um because i am not willing to give up that part of my life right so i just stay committed to it right. and i think that is that is really the key and when you talk about those you know those stories about celebrities who who have stories like that i think the important thing to to take from that is uh-huh. is not that I can be Bill Macy who at 44 years old couldn't afford to buy a couch right. and was like sleeping on his friend's floor <laughs> and is now like the, one of the greatest, you know, character actors of all time. Sure. And, and, and potentially whether you want to, you know, however you want to contextualize it. I mean, I would put, uh, um, uh, Frank and shameless right up against, uh, um, you know, Brian Cranston and breaking bad as the two sure. greatest television anti heroes of all time. Sure. Uh, but, but, you know, he was older than me and dirt poor. Right. But what he never did was give up. He knew this is this was important to him. He was passionate about it. He cared deeply about the mm-hmm. work. Yeah. And it wasn't about being famous. It wasn't about making money. It was about the work. And that's the thing. I don't care. You know, I mean I I I, I like to get paid to do, do my theater work, of right? Of course. But but I don't care how much it is. For the most part. And I don't care. And if I'm not getting paid. If I don't land a job. You know. So I I didn't land any. uh, I interviewed for a few things. uh, Directing jobs. For this winter spring semester. Right. Did not get, get any of them. That's fine. I am not sitting here. Crying about it. I'm not worried about it. I'm making work. Right. right I'm meeting regularly with you and with other members of our of our uh, uh, emerging ensemble mm-hmm. to continue to move that project forward uh and th- and that really is the key no matter what you're doing to create structure in your life to create financial some sort of financial stability in your life right. is that you don't let that get in the way of of your creative outlet and, and your ability to move forward with what you're passionate about and, and I will say that, you know, one of the great things about where we work and the reason I have stayed there is that they have been very supportive of that you know they're, they're always excited when they hear I'm directing something and you know, nobody bats an eye when I'm like I gotta leave right at 5 because I gotta drive down to LaSalle University which takes me an hour during rush hour to get there so I can be at rehearsal nobody cares right. they're excited to hear about it people come and see the show you know right. sometimes yeah. all those things um, it, it, beyond that I mean we, you talked about uh, us working together at UArts that first actually last summer was even worse because because of how they structured it differently I was teaching four nights a week not three nights a week uh-huh. uh, and so I had to ask my boss for a month four days a week can I leave work early I am a salaried employee with a manager title can I leave work early for a month to go do this thing I want to do Right? They she they did not have to say yes to that. They're absolutely not. They could have been like, I mean, we get it, but you really need to be here. Right. Instead, they were like, No, it's totally cool. Check in on your email when you get home. Make sure you didn't miss anything. If there's nothing that needs to be responded to, you know, you, your your work cell phone is in your signature. So if anybody needs to get get in touch with you, we can do that. I'm like, absolutely. Always have my cell phone on me. So so. They've been very understanding. And I right. will say, if they had not been, I would not still be there. Mm. Right? So that's where the choice comes in, right? It's 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 about finding the right structure for you. Of course. That that work life balance. Yes. Um, oh god, I love that phrase. <laughs> I mean no, but it is
0: true. And and we've talked, I mean, before we started recording about how they are like don't put your email on your phone when you leave this office you leave this job like right. tr- you know and that was one of the things that attracted me to it but i i think there is if you're not in that kind of position i mean we're talking this up because we're currently engaged in it and we we see the and appreciate the benefits of it but if you're not in that situation i think you or at least i did i put a lot of pressure on my artistic potential um Monetarily, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. I, I am worth this much money. And I artists talk about that all the time. My time is worth X amount of money. My transportation is worth X amount of money. It is so incredible to have the release to say, I just wanna be creative. You know, like I that was I was doing this podcast when I was in restaurant work and it was because I couldn't find a time to be creative, so I said I'm gonna do it on my own fucking terms yeah. and make this thing. The fact that, you know, you can keep that up and you can find other things that align with that. And I think I at least am surprised sometimes by how many listings and how many creative people do have nine to fives in whatever capacity, even if they're an administrative assistant or they work at a university, they teach classes until then. It's what you talked about and what I had said about being committed to that goal of, like, right now for me, I'm doing this job so I can save up money to go to grad school, to change my day job, to teaching, right? Right. To find those different things. <laughs> Whatever
2: um, you do when you apply for that, don't tell them. Unless it's an education program, <laughs> don't tell them you want an MFA so you can be a teacher. <laughs> sure. But,
0: uh, I mean... Being able to find that path and say, this looks about right. I'll figure it out on the way. Absolutely. I mean, I think someone told me at some point uh, that you can only accurately plan about six months out in your life. You can have a a one-year plan and a five-year plan and a 10-year plan. Other things will happen, good things as much as the bad things, and you will have to plan around those and change your plan accordingly. Six months, you can kind of get the general framework of I'm seeing this person, we're going to get married, we're going to move in together, we're going to do this, my job is this, I'm pretty comfortable here, I make a living, my creative side is this, this is what it's going to be.
2: These are what I want these things to be.
0: Yeah. I I mean,
2: what you're talking about, so I would used the phrase organizational agility earlier. What you're talking about is life agility, right? Right. And and the more that you box yourself in, the harder it is to adjust when something unexpected happens, Mm. right? And you hear this all the time about, like, people living paycheck to paycheck and, like, Oh my god, my car breaks and and now I have to decide between fixing my car or paying my rent, right. which is which is a problem in and of itself, but but that you can extrapolate that out, out across basically all of life's experiences sure. where where if you you are In your mind set on something and you 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 are sure that you're going to get there by following this particular path and then it doesn't happen you you hit a roadblock you trip up somewhere it is going to be much much harder for you to adjust and find your way around that roadblock or find a new path that takes you to something that's maybe different but 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 is as just as fulfilling as what you thought you wanted before
0: well, right, and it's all about, like, being able to see the road signs and, like, even if, you know, this road leads east first, it might lead to true north afterwards. Like, right. being able to to have the foresight and have the ability to say, I'm going to put uh, cars on multiple roads, so to speak, and send out everybody and see who doesn't, you know, get tripped up or, or get into traffic or whatever to continue right. that yeah. metaphor. Right. <laughs> um but, I mean, all of this is great stuff, and I, I, I just want to, I know that you have, uh, you know, other stuff to get to, so I'll, I'll let you, you know, keep going on. I appreciate you taking the time, and My this pleasure. was such an interesting perspective, I think, for both of us, um, multi generational to get in here and talk about. I won't mention the amount of fears, I'm sorry, I don't mean to make you no, feel bad. No, it's mad. fine. Uh, <laughs> He's grasping it's, it's, his face.
2: <laughs> it's a rough year for me, folks. It's, I turned 40 this year, so I'm 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 grappling. If I didn't have such life agility, I would be totally wrecked. By the fact that <laughs> Here's I'm turning the corporate 40, side. Coming back right? to life agility, agility. In- instead, movement. I'm going to go away for a weekend for my 40th birthday and act like I'm 20, which is going to be great.
0: Exactly. You're you're 20 years young. Yes. 40 years right. young. Right.
2: They they do say 40 is the new 20, so I'm just going to roll with that.
0: I I love that and I if anyone's going to be 20 years old at heart at 40 years old it's you my friend 100 um so thank you so much for being uh here on the show you've been an absolute pleasure and i want to open uh, no my i insist <laughs> um <laughs> i want to open up the floor to you now to let people know where they can find you online social media so people can get excited about the work that uh, you are actively creating and that you and I are creating together and so yeah, on and yeah. so forth.
2: So I, I'll say um, there will be more information on what Mitchell and I are doing um, with an extraordinarily uh, passionate and exciting and talented group of artists uh, later. Uh, but we don't actually have uh, our, our social world set up yet to share, but it will be soon. Um, but until that time, if you want to find me, I can be found on Twitter at, uh, B Boutros uh, that's two B's U-T-R-O-S <laughs> and if any of our listeners know Katie Donovan feel free to ask her about that uh, <laughs> always the passing the particular buck particular moniker I'm not going to explain it um uh and and I, I invite everyone who is theatrically inclined especially if you have a, a, a propensity for directing to check out directorsgathering.org or at directorsgathering on Facebook at directors gather on Twitter uh, there's an Instagram too I don't know what it is off the top of my head but like uh, directors gathering is a really wonderful organization that I feel really really fortunate to have been a part of since the very beginning um, and now fortunate enough to be in my second year on the board uh, for um, and I think Uh, Our executive director Jill Harrison Founding executive director Jill Harrison um, Has some really great stuff In the works And and I've really enjoyed uh, Being part of And seeing the evolution Of that organization And I think You know um, I would love to see more people in the community, regardless of your interest. I think it's great for actors and, and playwrights and designers to mm-hmm. be in the room with directors, to get involved with Directors Gathering. There's a lot of stuff coming. Our fifth birthday party is coming in March. So uh, so, so look out for that, and you can get all that information. Again, uh, directorsgathering.org, where you can sign up for the newsletter, um, and then at Directors Gathering on Facebook and at Directors Gather on Twitter. And I'm at B. Boutros on Twitter.
0: That is incredible. So succinct. Uh, um, I try. As always, friends, you can find me and the Not So Famous crew on Facebook at Not So Famous or on Twitter at The Original MDH or uh, not so, at Not So Famous Pod One, as well as on Instagram for me. Uh, it's at Le Modern Gentleman and our brand new Not So Famous Instagram, uh, which is also Not So Famous Pod One. Thanks so much for joining us here on Not So Famous Episode 7 and specifically here inside the Everyday Artist Studio. Thanks.